This episode is brought to you by Kroger. Download Kroger's new app, Checklist, today. Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best lives every day. Welcome back to Brunch and Slay. I am your host, Amira Sane, and it is my absolute pleasure to be with you today. Today, we have someone who's going to talk about something we all need to be in knowledge of and to put attention to, uh, Maliha Mia. But before we we speak with her, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about some things that we need to do, just our good housekeeping. The first thing I want to talk to you about is, have you subscribed yet? And have you done your review? It's so important for us to grow that you guys do a review, two sentences. It only takes about a minute and a half and a five-star review. And then share it. If you like what you're hearing and you're getting filled up or you're inspired or you're listening to people who you want to follow and you want to tap into their dreams and support them, then I think it's important that we as women continue to share. So that's all my housekeeping. So it's pretty simple, guys. As you know, I love what I do. I love sharing these conversations with so many amazing women. And today we have another powerhouse. Maliha is an immigration attorney, which is a really cool career field. She's a single mom and she's a survivor of breast cancer. Uh, and that's why I say it's something we all need to talk about. We want to talk to her about how she found out and how important it is to check and do self-test every month. So without any further ado, Maliha, hey girl. Hi, how are you? Oh man, I'm great. And guys, if you can hear it, I'm a little stuffy. I'm fighting a cold. So forgive me for my stuffy and nasally voice, but I'm here and we are going to keep on trucking on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, I'm happy to have you. And I, I love talking about things that we all, we know about, but we really don't pay attention to until it's either too late or until it hits close to home. So right. thank you for making this conversation one that we need to talk about. And you have this really cool website, gotboobs.com. Love the name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will not forget your website ever. That's great. That's awesome. And that's the point, you know, and just to kind of start off with the name, I know I just want to put it out there. It's not a statement, right? It's not like we're advocating for or against keeping your boobs or giving, you know, or letting your boobs go. Um, what we're basically saying, it's a question. And it's a question that demands an emotional response. And behind every emotional response is a story of how, why people are so opinionated about that name or what their story is about their breasts. And so I am a breast cancer survivor and I was diagnosed at the age of 34, a little bit of my background, I was completely like super fit, super healthy. Um, I didn't have any of the risk factors. I didn't even have the BRCA2 gene. I was younger than 40. I, you know, gave birth naturally to two little, uh, two amazing little girls. I was not a typical person to be having breast cancer. I had no immediate family re relatives. Um, that's ever had breast cancer. So I didn't fit the mold. Um, so it was one of those things that kind of, it really caught me off guard. What 
a few things that came before that, I, I did go through a pretty bad divorce. Uh, December 2014, it had completed, finalized. And I found a lump in July of 2015. And the way I found my lump is I, I was an avid runner. I love running. Um, and I just couldn't do my normal jog, right? My normal path. So I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Maybe I'm getting like a little cold or something, a virus this, you know, in the middle of the summer. It's okay. So I took a few days off, tried again, still couldn't run. Then I took like a week off, tried again, and still couldn't run. And I was getting really frustrated. And I don't know why, but I went in the shower and I did a self-check. And I mean, I, I guess I know why. The reason is because I kind of am in tune with my body. I kind of understood something wasn't 100%. It was out of the norm, and I, I did a self-check, and I found a little, little, little tiny bump, and it was like a small like mosquito bite. I didn't think twice. I'm just like, oh, okay, wow, that's weird. But it's, how did a mosquito bite me here? <laughs> that's right. what I was thinking. And, um, and so then I noticed after a couple of weeks, it kind of got bigger to like a size of a pea. And it got bigger. And so finally, I told some friends of mine who are nurses and doctors, and they're like, okay, you really should get that checked out. I'm like, okay, okay, I will. I'm so busy, you know, single mom, running a household completely on my own with two little kids, just trying to, just trying to make it, right? Just like anyone else. And I'm like, I don't have time. It, you know, doctors, it just takes so long. I'll, I'll go whenever. But then one day, I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling the greatest. And I just feel like something's just not right. So I, I decided to go. I noticed the growth. And so I made an appointment with my OBGYN. She's an amazing woman. And she was telling me, Malia, it's probably nothing. It's probably just a cyst. I don't want you to be worried about it. Um, you, you probably drink too much coffee, have too much caffeine in your system. And that gives like cysts all the time. And and so she was like saying how I have no immediate relatives. I don't have any of the risk factors. I should be okay. And I don't know why, but I had this, this thing where I'm like, you know what? I'm always so busy. Let me just have orders just in case. And she's like, you know, I can't really do that because, you know, insurance won't allow it. You have to wait 30 days, come back, and I measure you today and come back in 30 days and we'll measure you again. And if there's growth, we'll take it from there. I'm like, okay, you know what? Honestly, knowing me and my schedule, I'm probably not going to come back in 30 days, right? I just... I'm just going to get busy with something else and not think twice. Mm -hmm. Surveillance is not easy, right? It, you have to be on top of it. And so I, I just based, she's a real nice doctor, my friend. I pleaded with her. I'm like, okay, how about if I don't go through insurance? I just pay out of pocket. I mean, it's one test. It may not be all that expensive and I can research it. So she gave me, she gave me orders. And so um, I'm so glad she did because later that night, the next morning, I had a dream and I saw myself, because uh, I, here I am, I'm 34, right, at this point. I'm younger than 40. And so I saw myself dead in a casket at the age of 40. And, you know, usually when you see, like, those kind of dreams, you, you get scared. Right. I woke up completely calm. Like, I cannot describe to you. Like, I just knew I had to go in, right? And so I called. The Women's Hospital of Texas made an appointment, went in, and they, you know, did my mammogram and had never been to a mammogram. So I was having a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, what is this? And like, I don't know if 
many people have had a mammogram or not, but for me, it was really awkward, right? Because you have to like put your breast in this machine and it squeezes it. It's, it was weird, right? Yeah. Kind of painful. And so I'm like, oh my God, I never want to do that again. <laughs> so then I ended up going for an ultrasound and I had two kids, so I know how ultrasounds work. And when the tech kept on going in and out, and then the radiologist came, I knew something wasn't 100% right. Mm -hmm. The radiologist told me, I'm so sorry, but I see something suspicious. Like, there's some suspicious activity. So can you come back in a couple of days? I'm like, "Uh, no, I have these kind of cases. I won't be able to. She's like, can you come back in two hours? And I said, yes, I can do that. I came back in two hours. Whoever comes back in two hours for a biopsy, I don't know. This is like unheard of. But I got back there in two hours, nervous as, like, so nervous, right? They did my biopsy, and they found two masses. And, oh, my gosh, the biopsy, like, it did hurt, right? Like, people say it doesn't, but it it hurt me. I was in pain. And Were you awake? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they numb it, and then they stick you with a needle. And there's two types, different methods, but I had a, a, a real core, like, fine needle that went in. And, um, and I mean, the, the one that was benign, I had two masses. One was benign. One was malignant. The one that was benign didn't hurt, but the malignant one did. And they, they, you know, I think she already knew by the ultrasound what she saw and found. And this was just to confirm that. Um, but then after a couple of weeks, I get a phone call from my OBGYN and it was on September 11th, 2015. And she basically told me, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I broke down in tears, you know, and when I kind of recovered myself and gathered myself, all I thought about was like, am I going to die? Because like when you hear cancer, you, I mean, that word has a stigma attached to it and you think, oh my God, death. Right. Right. And here I am like, am I going to die? Am I going to live? You know, am I going to live? And then, which is like, first it comes, am I going to die? And then you change that thinking to, am I going to live? Right. Which is a little slightly different in the way you process things. Then the next question that came in my mind was, if I'm going to live, how am I going to manage? I'm all alone. Like, how am I going to do it? Not just the health part, but like the financial part, the taking care of kids, like all these things. How am I going to do it with no support? So, you know, I'm freaking out, scared, and um, just trying to hold it together so I can get through this, figuring out, researching, you know, calling on doctor friends to help me, and then asking to get into, like, NCCN guidelines so I can, like, research and understand what I'm being confronted with, what I have to deal with, and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it's not easy. It's, it's really overwhelming, and it's frustrating. You go online, and you find content, and first for patients, the content is always understated, right? For doctors, it's in a different language, which is very difficult for us non-MDs to understand, right? But there's like no middle ground as far as information that can actually really answer your questions well and effectively. And I think partly the reason for that, that the problem like that exists is because People don't know, like, the, the information out there is so generalized, right? You have to know what you need to ask. You have to kind of have a roadmap for it, right? So for me, I was very frustrated with the whole research process. And then 
one night I was having so much pain after I decided to go ahead and proceed with chemo. Chemo for me, the, the part that was supposed to be hard wasn't hard, which was like what we call the red devil, that chemo drug. That wasn't too difficult for me because I was young. For most patients, it's, it's really difficult. Um, but again, I was young. I was under the norm, under this, this, all the studies and statistics. They didn't really discuss young people getting breast cancer. It's mostly based on older people older than 40. And so, and most of the times it could be postmenopausal too, right? So here I am, a young person, premenopause, um, going through this. And the, the drug that's supposed to be harming me isn't so bad. And the drug that's supposed to be easier was tearing my body apart. And that drug was Taxol. That was a treatment, chemo treatment drug. And I was telling my oncologist, like, I'm like, this is really, like, it's really hurting me. And the oncologist, you know, they're very scientific. Uh, there's so many great ones. They're so nice and stuff. But they're very scientific. The empathy is not necessarily as on par where you need it right. to do something like this. And so um, I found myself one night in the middle of the night. It was a weekend. My kids weren't with me. I let them go to their dad's house because um, I didn't want them to ever see me going through so much pain. And I was, you know, in so much pain. It felt like I was having contractions all over my body simultaneously. Oh my goodness. It was hell. Like I, like I literally felt like I was dying, right? And so I needed to reach out to somebody and talk. And all my friends that were either busy with their families or gone out doing whatever, because most of them were single, doing their thing. And I'm just like, okay, who do I talk to? So I went online to Facebook and I felt uncomfortable to post on Facebook. Can anyone talk to me? I need someone, you know, and then I try to find groups on Facebook, but you know, you can't tell if someone's awake at that moment or not. You're not friends with them. It was kind of weird. So I didn't really do that. And then I did a search term for, you know, social networking, breast cancer groups and nothing really came up. Um, at that time. And so then uh, I contacted a friend who lived abroad. She was awake. And so she chatted with me and she helped me get through it. Her mom had passed away with cancer. So she was, she was a big, you know, supporter and helped me through that night, which I'll never forget. I will always be grateful for her because I mean, pain, you can be strong minded and all that. But when sometimes when you go through so much pain, it can really take a toll, right? Right. And it changed your mindset on stuff at a moment. And so I got through that night, but then I just kept thinking like, you know what? I'm going through this, the medical terminology. It's like a different language. It's frustrating. Research isn't so easy. I, I wanted to connect with someone and there wasn't a way to do that. So I started researching a little bit more about what's out there for like social networking. And so then, um, I noticed there were lots of apps and, but the apps were, it's like, it was like a fragmented market in the sense that you have lots of apps that provide education or provides uh, like risk assessment or, or uh, helps you track medicine or stuff like that. But there wasn't an app or a platform that put every single component that you go through in your journey together. Right. And so I was like, you know, for me, I need the social, I needed the education, and I started sharing my story on like Facebook and YouTube, 
and women from all around the world contacted me. And it didn't matter like what race or ethnicity they were. It didn't matter what economic background they had or education background. At the end of the day, doctors that were diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, were scared too. And the people who were like housewives were scared too. You know, like we were all just dealing with a lot of anxiety. And so I connected with them. They connected with me and we helped each other. Like, I don't know. I can't explain it. It was so beautiful. It was like in a time when the world was kind of going in chaos and it looked like there was no humanity left. I found humanity within a group of women from all over just trying to, you know, get to the next day. And I was like, wow, if I could just replicate this beautiful thing and put it into motion and be able to give a safe place for everyone to like be able to connect and talk and make it so much easier, that'd be amazing. So I started thinking about this and all of a sudden one day the name Got Boobs came to me and the platform just kind of started putting itself together. Like I started piecing it together. And I'm so proud to announce that we launched this past Thursday and I love our platform. It's like, and I, you know, I think it's what a lot of people need because you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is in October, but, you know, when you go through cancer, it affects you every day. And people are mistaken to think that once you're done with the fighting part, that it doesn't affect you. Throughout survivorship, it affects you in so many ways, from body image to post-traumatic stress disorder to depression to uh, financial issues with it. To so many, so many, you know, you, you always have a fear of recurrence with every little ache and pain. So it, it extends all the way throughout for the rest of your life, you know? And then not only that, it impacts people around you, like your family members and caregivers, right? That people who see their loved one going through whatever they're going through, that suffering, they feel like they can't share. They have to hold things back. It has to be about their loved one, but it has a dire effect on, on people like that. And so, and even when you, when you detect a lump or if you've lost a loved one and you just want to learn more that that group of people get impacted, the group of people who are waiting on results get impacted because it's a time of high anxiety. So what we did, my team and I, we built a platform called got boobs, gotboobs.com. And we, we identified five communities and they are just curious. So those people who are like, just curious, wanting to learn more, you know, perhaps they detected a lump or something or a, a community called waiting for results. Like I mentioned, people waiting, uh, they maybe had an ordered mammogram and now they have to wait till the next, uh, next test and they don't know what's going on. So it's a time of high anxiety. Um, we have a community of fighters from stages zero to four. So those are sub communities. Um, each community is different. Every treatment is different. And the way you get placed into zero, one, two, three, four is really interesting too. And it's, 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 it's important to understand why you're placed in a certain uh, stage and what kind of treatments are available to you, right? And um, then we have a community of survivors. Like I mentioned, they go through an onslaught of emotions post-treatment. Um, and we have a community of family member caregivers, which are the people who are watching their loved one go through so much, but have to 
act and be strong for their loved ones. And so what we do with these communities is once you sign up and you log in and you go through a short assessment question, profiles uh, questions, you get placed into the right category, right community. And then you get an instant online support group of people just like you. So if you are a family member caregiver, you're going to be with other family member caregivers. So then you guys can discuss ideas, how you help each other, how you help your loved one, what kind of feelings you're having, whatever it is. So then you feel like you're not alone, right? And same thing with the fighters. If you're stage two, you'll be grouped with stage two people. So you have an idea, okay, this person's going through this treatment. This is how it is. This is what they're dealing with. And you're not seeing a stage four who's metastatic, who's at a totally different level and going through a lot. I mean, their experience is completely different than a stage two, right? Right. right. So it makes no sense to see a stage four, right? right? And right now, currently, if you like go on Facebook groups, I mean, that's how it is. You see a blend of every stage and it's frightening. I know when I, I, I was a stage two B and uh, I had my, my hormone receptors were positive and my HER2 was negative. And that I say that, and I'm sure maybe many people don't know what that means, but those are the factors that distinguish where you're going to be as far as treatment, how your treatment's going to go. And they're very important to understand, right? So there's something called triple negative, and that means your hormone receptors, which are estrogen and progesterone, would be negative, and your HER2 is negative. And so when you're triple negative, for example, you have a higher chance of getting a recurrence. And the reason for that is because it's really unknown what, what is causing your breast cancer. And then there's no drug that can help you post-treatment throughout you know, your survivorship when you're in remission. So while I'm a, I'm a hormone receptor positive, HER2 negative, I'm lucky in the sense that there's a drug called tamoxifen, hormone therapy, that I can take for up to 10 years. I'm supposed to take it for 10 years. And that drug is supposed to reduce my chances of getting a recurrence. Now, the drug in itself has so many side effects, and we won't get into that. But, um, but yeah, so these things make a difference, and your journey is very unique, and, and it's not like everyone else's. So what we've come up with is we have something called Connect, Empower, Inspire. The Connect is where we give you a community of people just like you, Plus, we get you, uh, you have a diary page where you can keep your track of your journey because you tend to forget things a lot when you're going through treatment in general. And just even if you're not in treatment, if you're taking care of somebody, the days go by fast and it's overwhelming. So a way to track your journey and your loved one's journey. Um, with that, we, we connect you to a wellness library and that's our Empower our wellness library is so amazing. It's, I wish I had this when I was going through it because it's content related to your journey. So again, if you're a stage two triple negative breast cancer fighter, you're going to get a customized table of contents with headings that relate to your journey. And then when you click on those headings, you're going to get articles that are physician, physician approved and reviewed, um, that will populate in your wellness library. So now you have information that relates to you and you're not wasting time. You're not getting frustrated with the whole, okay, how do I find things? Does, does it make any sense? It should be making sense. Right. And so, right. um, so that's cool. We give a toolkit to our users, our members, and the toolkit allows you to track, uh, you know, log in your appointments, 
uh, manage your symptoms. If you're a fighter, it manages it by treatments. Uh, so, because oftentimes you forget kind of what symptoms you have, especially when you go in front of your oncologist, you're like, uh, uh, you, you just, you're so scared. You just kind of blank out. And so it's a great way to have that. And you can also track your medicine as a pill box reminder. And so all this in one place, you know, we have it in apps. Uh, the iOS goes out on uh, October 5th. So that's about to launch, but we are available on the Droid phones. And so it's, it's really cool. And um, I think it's a really important, uh, important tool and resource for people in any aspect, being any, being just curious, waiting on results, a fighter, survivor, or a family member caregiver. It can help in so many ways. More Brunch and Slay after this. Guys, if you know nothing else about me, you should definitely know that I am the queen of multitasking. Seriously. If there's a way to have a shortcut and I still get everything I need done, I'm all for it, which is why I am over the moon excited about Kroger's new app, Checklist. You can log into your app store and download it. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. Not only can I use it to find things in the store, I can actually order everything I need and do a drive-by without having to get out. And you know this season and Houston and how rainy it is, so I don't even have to get out of my car. And I just found out that pretty soon, I won't even have to do that much. I'll just be able to answer my door and have all of my groceries from Kroger, everything that I love, like all my Simple Truth brands, my private select. I'll even get things on what's on sale for the week and even recipes and suggestions on what to cook for dinner. Can you say hashtag winning? So do yourself a favor, go to your app store, download checklists, and you can thank me later. And again, Thanks to Kroger for being so innovative and for making this girl's life that much easier. And now back to Brunch and Slay. Yeah, I mean, first of all, man, uh, I think it's so important. I don't believe in coincidences and I'm glad that you're on the show to share this. And I have so many questions because I want those folks at home who have questions, who may be going through this. First of all, I'm so glad you answered the call and I'm so glad that you went with your gut and you created something like this to help encourage women and to give them a special space to be able to ask those questions and be around folks because no one's gonna know what they're going through other than someone who's went through it or who's going through it too. So I'm so thankful that you answered that call and that you're being used and you are helping out so many people. Uh, so this is a beautiful thing. Oh, thanks. I love, I love giving back. I mean, I, with my own journey, I know it was unique in the sense that, okay, I had no significant other, no support. I mean, I was completely feeling alone, right? Right. I don't want anyone to ever go through that. I wish I had the cure for breast cancer or all cancers because the emotional suffering, it's great. You know, there's, there's a lot that people don't even express. Um, I was surprised to see how many people don't want to share their story. And I respect that. I understand that. Um, but like I mentioned, we, we believe in connect, empower, and inspire. And this is all research-based. This platform is based on research on how to better cope with cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that research, they have something called community, which we call connect. They have something about education, which we call empower. And then there's a, there's a thing that about sharing your story, when you express and you vent it out, it helps you. It's like therapy to the soul or something. And so that is what we call inspire. And we encourage people if they feel comfortable to share their story, we post their videos on the, on the platform 
but it lets people have a sense of like feeling like they're not alone throughout this and right. that there is a community and it's, and it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back to the beginning of your story because yes. I, I want people to really understand. And I think that's the most important part for folks to know signs. And I know you said you were, you wanted to run, but you couldn't, why couldn't you, what feelings were you having? So let me just first clarify that most cancer are like silent killers. There are no real symptoms that are exhibited, right? However, having said that, I just had a gut feeling about my body not being able to do something that I used to do. I think what it was, was I think my blood pressure was going too high. I think the tumor increased my blood pressure. And, and so when they removed my tumor, my blood pressure decreased significantly, right? Because I never had high blood pressure before, and I was tracking that as well. And my blood pressure was consistently high for a while. So I was thinking, okay, well, what could this be? Is it a heart-related issue or what? But I just knew something was off. Why I did a breast uh, self-check, I still don't know exactly what made me that day do a self-check in the shower, mm -hmm. like instead of just thinking it was a heart-related problem. Right. But I did, and I call that intuition. I think people know. Deep down, people have a sixth sense. Like you can mm -hmm. like tap into that. I really do believe it. Now let's talk about that mosquito bite. And I think this is important too. Um, when you say a mosquito bite, I want you to clarify because I don't want people thinking it was like a raised bump. Was it on the outside of your skin or was it under the breast tissue? Where did you feel that mosquito bite? So it was so tiny, right? That you couldn't, I couldn't really tell if it was on top or under. But as it grew, I knew it was underneath my skin. And it grew rapidly. Yeah. Within a week, it had gotten bigger. Within two weeks, it was the size of a pea. Wow. Okay. And I think that's, I want, I want to reiterate a couple of things that you talked about. One, doing that exam, you know, um, and caffeine too. That's one of the things I, when I was, I guess I was 21, 22, I had a lump in my breast. Um, I found it one day. It, was, it wasn't there. The next day, literally it was. Um, and I, I had a certain biopsy. I did all that. They tried to drain it. Nothing would come out. So we did a biopsy. And I remember I had to do mammograms for about five years after that. And I was in my early twenties. Um, but I know that a lot of times if you don't know your breast, you, you need to know it. You need to know what lumps are there. You need to know what tissue is spacious. And a lot of times your doctors will have examples of what to feel for in their office. They have like sample breasts. So if you haven't before, ask your doctor. And another thing I want to talk about is you being persistent with your doctor. Do not take no for an answer when it comes to your health. Right. Be 100%. adamant about, be your own advocate. Do not, they, a lot, like you said, a lot of people will brush you off. Oh, you don't meet any other statistics. You shouldn't even have this. Well, that doesn't mean you're not one in a million. And right. always in one. So make sure you are your own advocate and that you are fighting for yourself. And if you know yourself, you knew you weren't going to come back in 30 days. Right. So you said, no, fit me in. So everything that you're saying is resonating with me. And I know it will resonate with this audience because it's so important for us to talk about these things. And the fact that there's, there's things out there that you're giving them tools and articles that they can be reading and what heightens those chances and things that you can do prevent. I didn't even know that there was a prevention medicine after going through chemo. So that's something I just learned today uh, from you. So I, I just want to commend you so much for this. And then the app too. So you guys, there's an app. Now this, is this, is that a cost for the app or is it a free tool? No, it's completely free for users, members. I don't feel like anyone who's going through this grief and anxiety and journey should ever have to pay a penny for education 
or to be able to track their symptoms or just to be able to connect with people just like them. So yeah, it's completely free. Um, and we just want people to go ahead and sign up and, and then download the apps if they have it. And, uh, and see, you know, we're, we're open to feedback. We want to hear more from people and how we can make it even better. But I believe it's the only true comprehensive social support platform out there for breast cancer. Right. And so where are you now in your journey? I'm in survivorship. I, you know, my last treatment was in 2016. Um, I went through a lot of reconstruction surgeries afterwards. Um, and, you know, there's, there's things about that too that people don't realize. There's, that's so emotional when you lose your breast. And for me, having just gotten out of a bad marriage and trying to start anew, it was a big thing for me, you know? And so, you know, it helps with your confidence and finding the right doctors, knowing what to ask, knowing who to talk to, how to like kind of figure out what it is you want. And you'll hear a lot. Doctors can be pushy, you know? And, and there's certain things, but you have to be able to understand and realize it's your body. It's whatever you want to do with it, however you want and want to be seen or how you want to embrace it. Right. And so, uh, to stay true to yourself. And so right now I'm in survivorship and it has its ups and downs, you know, like, um, I think right before my launch, I started having pain in my, my ear and my throat. And it could have just been like a little, you know, a little, okay, I'm, I'm so stressed out with the upcoming launch and maybe I just got an earache. But what do I think? As a survivor, most of us are guilty of like checking for lumps in our, in our throat, right? Mm -hmm. Around our neck to make sure that nothing's gone to our, our, you know, from our, from our breast tissues to our, lung, to our lungs, to our neck, stuff like that. So I started checking, um, so you are, you kind of get on a little bit of a high alert post treatment and, and that's, that's kind of the stuff that you have to deal with. And then when you're on medication as well, it impacts your, it affects your, your hormones. And so there's, there's things I'm definitely not nearly as energetic as I used to be. That's a huge thing with survivorship, trying to embrace the new you, right? Because you can't go back to your old you. And it's something that we just have to deal with on a daily basis and kind of reassure ourselves and give ourselves, you know, affirmations that, you know, it, it, it is okay who we are and how we are and, and, and try not to do what I know most of us are guilty of doing, which is comparing our previous life or pre previous self, our old norm to our new self, right? Mm -hmm. Like every time I go to the gym, I'm just, I get, I get frustrated because I'm like, I used to be able to do all this stuff. I was so fit and now I'm not, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so yeah, it's one of those things. You just have to have a, a strong sense of self and a strong sense of community to kind of help you through it. Now, and it's okay to have a pity party too. It's okay to be sad. Like I, I feel like I want to make it very clear. It's important to stay positive 100%. But in no way am I saying or arguing that if you lose your fight to cancer, it's because you're not positive. In right. no way is that our message. Our message is, look, we want to help you feel hope. We want to help you feel inspired. We want to help lift you up as much as possible because it is an unfortunate situation, set of circumstances that people are in when they're diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, we're just trying to make you feel the, to handle it in a better, more effective way. Right. right. But 
we do not advocate that if you stay positive, you will win cancer. Or if you were not positive, you lost cancer. That is not our platform whatsoever. Yeah. So you're in Texas. Right. Do you ever do any kind of in-person meetups with your groups or the folks who you've started with? Um, or is this all going to be virtual? Well, we have done, we have done focus groups and we've done small little gatherings with uh, people. I love to go and meet with people, you know, going through chemo and radiation. If they need that support, I want to be there and help people. I mean, this is a true passion of mine. Um, but the platform is set up for wherever you are to be able to connect to anyone just online at any time. Right. right. We're, we're just launching. So we're still building our community. Right. And it's going to take some time, but eventually I would love to have, you know, uh, meetups in person or allow, you know, throw events and let people meet up in person. Cause I think that that's great. When you're a fighter though, it can be tough. If you're going mm -hmm. through chemo and radiation, you may not want to get out of bed and go anywhere. Right. So, yeah. So the name of the app, is it also got boobs? Yes. And when you type it in into the play store or when you look it up uh, on iOS, uh, keep the words together. It's G-O-T-B-O-O-B-S. Uh, don't put a space between it, please. And uh, yeah, and on the website, it's gotboobs.com. Yes, thank you for sharing it. That's so important. So now I could guess at what you're slaying right now. I don't even know. I'm in awe of you right now. I, I, don't, I think this is the least I've ever talked on any podcast because I'm just, I'm just soaking it all in. Um, I think it's just amazing. No, seriously. And I'm not saying, I say that and I'm commending you because I don't know how, what else to do but give you praise because I know this is needed. And yeah. I know that it's, 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 a, it's a true situation of making lemonade out of lemons and being able to leave a legacy and being able to touch, probably, I'm sure you'll touch, I'm going to speak there. You're going to touch millions of women and help millions of women with this because I know that that has to be the most scary thing. And then for you to be, uh, a woman who dealt with all of this in the midst of your own personal turmoil and to be thinking about how you can serve and help others in the community is magnificent. So what area of your life would you say that you're currently slaying right now? What area of my life? Oh gosh. I mean, I'm just trying to be a good example to two young girls and let them know that, you know, what kind of life I may have had prior to my cancer, I'm not wanting that type of life anymore, right? I find, I think when you get confronted with the idea of dying and death, your, your perception changes, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's not about keeping up with the Joneses anymore or doing the cookie cutter life. Mm -hmm. For me, those women who connected with me, the tears that they cried, I felt. The tears I cried, they felt. The women I go see, Doing, going through chemo and radiation, I connect with them. I want to be a person that always, always gives back. I mean, I just, I, I feel like life should be lived as not just for the day, but yes, definitely what you're leaving back for the world. How are, yeah. how are you going to impact and how are you going to make a change? Right, so right. I have so many things I want to do and so many things I want to help. I mean, this is breast cancer. If, you know, when it works out and it helps people, then I want to kind of tweak it and help other cancers. Right. And, and then even those families who are dealing with, um, you know, special needs children, there's a lot there going on. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I love. I want to, I want to give back and I want to do a lot. Well, where can people find you? How can they support you? 
So www.gotboobs.com. You can also find us on our Instagram and Twitter at mygbcommunity, all one word, mygbcommunity. Um, and me personally, you can find me at Maliha Go Pink Grace on, uh, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Got Boobs, and we also have a face, Facebook uh, group page called my, hashtag mygbcommunity. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, and this app with the community and the Brunch of Slate tribe. Um, I, like I said, I'm just in awe of you. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Now, guys, this is the episode. I'm going to tell you right now. I want you to share it. There's somebody in your office. There's somebody in your classroom. There's somebody uh, who's listening right now who needs this. And there's someone in your family, a friend who is avoiding going to the doctor. I need you to share this episode on your social media platforms and tag us so that we can share you sharing it and make sure that people know this is serious. The whole point of Brunch and Slay was to help women live their best life in all capacity from A to Z. And our health is the main part and you cannot avoid taking care of yourself. So I'm charging you today to share this episode. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and continue to share this show. If you are listening to this and you have a similar journey and you want to share it, or you have something that you know that the world needs to hear, reach out to us at info at brunchandslay.com. Let's connect. Let's continue to build this community. Let's continue to shine a light on things that we don't normally talk about and let each other know that you are not alone. Uh, and always remember, if she can, I can, we all can. And until next time, I'm Amira, and this is Brunch and Slay. Brunch and Slay.